Welcome to the Brush with Brit podcast. This is your go-to source for expert guidance and support on advancing your dental hygiene career. It's hosted by me, Britt, a dental hygienist with over a decade of experience in the field. This podcast provides valuable insights, tips, and strategies to help you take your career to new heights. With a focus on interprofessional collaboration and medical dental integration, I share my vast knowledge and expertise to inspire excellence in the dental industry. Join me on this exciting journey and discover the endless possibilities that await you in the world of dental hygiene. For today's episode, I'm going to be reviewing some of the cons of being a dental hygienist. Now, I'm going over these not to scare anybody out of becoming a dental hygienist, but just so that you are aware of some of the cons that could potentially happen while being a licensed dental hygienist. And some of these things are within my own experience, and then others are things that I have also read in articles and things like that. So, you know, there are people that have different experiences in the field, have worked at different offices, have had different benefits and different hourly rates and all of those things. So always take that into consideration that your experience could be completely different from any of the things that I bring up. So first things first, we're going to be talking about the hourly rate. So right now there is definitely a shortage of hygienists and we have seen a huge increase in the hourly rate that dental hygienists are getting. In some states, it's even over $70 per hour. But again, you know, there are cons to being a dental hygienist and things that you should always take into consideration other than just the hourly rate. So many offices actually don't offer health benefits. This is becoming more common. I'm hearing of it more frequently now, but in the past 10 years that I've been working in dentistry, it wasn't until recently where I found an office that actually had health benefits. And this was a corporate office. So before that I was in private dentistry and I never was offered health benefits as an assistant um, or a hygienist in private practice. Uh, many offices do not offer retirement plans or paid time off. There are, again, some offices that do, some don't. And that's pretty much going to be a theme throughout all of this episode. So it varies, right? Many offices do not offer 401ks. Again, the only time that I saw this in my 10 years of experience was in a corporate, uh, corporate office. And the burnout rate for hygienists is extremely high. I mean, there is even a Facebook group page dedicated solely to hygienists that are burnt out from this profession. Uh, we are at a very high risk for injury. That can be anything from carpal tunnel to back pain to hip pain, many different things that can go on because of the fact that we are seeing patients all day hunched over sitting. So we are at risk for a lot of different injuries and we are exposed to infectious diseases, bloodborne pathogens, and radiation. Especially in hygiene, we are using instruments that spray the most water and have the most aerosols. And a lot of the times we are working alone. So that means we may not be using the high vac suction, which is something that we should be using, especially when we are exposed to so much aerosols and, um, 
you know, blood, saliva and spit all like all that stuff. And we should be wearing our face shields and hair caps and, you know, all the things that we're supposed to be wearing to protect us. So we are exposed to quite a bit. And um, with radiation, you know, the other thing that is good to talk about too, is that the majority of hygienists are women. And when we get pregnant, that is something that we have to think about as far as exposure to radiation. Our workload can also be heavy. Depending on what office you work at, you may find that different offices give you more or less time for different procedures. So if you're lucky, you might get more time than one office, but sometimes offices will have double column hygiene, which means you are seeing double the patients, or you might have 45 minute appointments um, and be seeing more than eight patients per day. So my cap on um, patients per day is eight patients per day, unless of course there's um, children appointments. Those are usually like 30 minutes. So that might increase the number a little bit, but my max is going to be um, eight patients per day. I think my average used to be like uh, seven patients per day, but that's also taking into consideration that you're seeing scaling and root planing appointments. So those are going to be longer. So the average I was seeing was seven, but that doesn't mean that I always had an opening because those scaling and root planing appointments could be longer and so could new patient appointments. So the workload for hygienists can be pretty tough. It does depend on the office, but a lot of the times we are working alone. So we're setting up our rooms, we're breaking them down, we're helping in sterilization, we're seeing our patients. And we typically go from hygiene school where we're given like four hours per patient and then it's cut down to an hour and we're just supposed to learn how to make it work. So that can definitely be a con to the profession is just that we are constantly on a time crunch and it never really feels like you control it can fully catch up unless you have a good supportive team and the right amount of time for your appointments. So definitely can have a, a heavy workload and it can be mentally and physically exhausting at the same time. So there are days that I've had where at the end of the day, I'm just completely depleted and I don't even want to listen to music on my way home. And I'm just like in pure silence because of the heavy workload throughout the day. There is this misconception that all we do is clean teeth and we're sitting there and that's it. But there is so much more to it. There's, um, you know, emotional things that go into it when we're seeing patients. There's dental phobia. There's all kinds of things that we talk to our patients about. Um, you know, a lot of patients anticipate pain when we're doing the cleanings and just trying to navigate all of those different things throughout the day and seeing patients back to back to back. There are times where you will not see a break or you will go into your lunch. Um, I've heard of overtime not being paid. I've heard of um, not being able to take your lunch or maybe having a clock out if a patient cancels. Um, it, it can be really, really tough. And Another thing is that you might have PTO, but it could be extremely hard to take time off of work because the office is dependent on you to see patients. So they might give you a hard time about trying to take a vacation because of the patients that want to be seen. They might, you know, tell you that you have to request time off, like something crazy, like six months in advance or something like that. Um, so that can definitely be a con. You can't just take off, you know, one week before or expect to you know, have all these vacations all the time because the office is really dependent on you to see, to see patients, build that patient rapport and give them consistency and see them. 
Um, for some people, it can be a really repetitive job. So seeing profies all the time uh, or just cleaning teeth, I guess, can be repetitive. For me, I the repetitiveness, I don't feel that because each individual patient is very different to me and it's it's never really the same. Like, I guess some people see it as the same thing, like doing a cleaning every time, but I have a good variety of new patients, scaling and root planing, perio maintenance, prophylaxis, you know, child um, child cleanings and all that stuff. And that's enough variance for me to be happy throughout the day. But for other people, it's not. They want something different and maybe, I don't know, like more exciting or something. Um, and we still are working with the dentist in the office. So that can be a con to some people is that you're not actually like completely alone as far as like clinical hygiene. If you like don't have your RDHAP or, um, you know, your own private practice. I know in Colorado, you can have your own private practice, but a lot of the times we are still working like with the dentist. So we're not solely working alone. So there still has to be that collaboration and communication and all of that stuff. Um, for some people, there's also a limited room to grow. I feel like for me, I've been practicing clinically for three years and I have seen a lot of growth in my career in three years, but I also feel like I had to be the one to create the path that I created it wasn't something that was ever there before. And uh, I do feel like there is a lot of opportunity to grow in dental hygiene, but I think maybe other people see it as there's not levels, I guess. I mean, like you can have your clinical license as an RDH and in California, you can get your RDHAP, you can get your myofunctional therapy certificate. I mean, there are different things that you can get, but I guess people like more of like a stepping stone um, growth. I, I don't really know. So I do hear that quite a lot. I hear it usually compared to nursing where, um, you know, you could go into like different specialties, which in hygiene you can too. You can go to pediatrics, you could go to perio, um, and you can go into teaching. So that's why I kind of, with that one, I do feel a little bit different where I do feel like there is growth to be had in dental hygiene. I think that you just have to be willing to find it. Um, and also like to do the extra steps to get there. But for some, like I said, they, they say there is not room to grow in dental hygiene. Um, and then also like moving state to state right now, there is starting to be, um, talk about license portability, meaning that if you get licensed, let's say in the state of California, you can then move to any other state and be a hygienist. But right now, currently, that is not the case. And if I were to move to another state, I would have to potentially retake a clinical board exam. Um, I'll have to reapply for my license. I will have to do all these extra things in order to get licensed in another state. It's not like I can just move there and start working. So it is in the works for that to hopefully change in the future where we get licensed in one state and we can work in any other state. But right now that's not the case. And it's really honestly disappointing because if people want to move around, they can't. And the other issue with it is that not all states have the same requirements in order to become hygienists. So 
it's like you go through all these hoops in one state, but then you move to another where it's like easier to become a hygienist. It's just really confusing um, and it's not standardized. So there are limitations to that. And um, we also like as a clinical hygienist, you can't really work from home, right? So we're, we always have to go into the office. So that can be a con to some people. And that's why we saw a big amount of people of hygienists leave the field when COVID happened um, because we could no longer, you know, go into the office. So people ended up just retiring from dental hygiene once they uh, were out of the office for some time due to COVID. So it is a con for some people. Some people want to work from home and unfortunately dental hygiene can't really be done from home. Full-time versus part-time. Right now, since there's a shortage, I feel like there is more opportunity for finding full-time positions if that's what you want. Um, But I know in the past when there was like an influx of dental hygienists, there was really just like a lot of part-time jobs being offered. And that could definitely be seen as like a con if you want a full-time job. And um, I would just say, you know, although there are all of those cons to being a dental hygienist, I am really passionate about my career, about prevention, um, about preventative care, as far as just like that being the future of medicine. And I do love my job. Uh, In the past three years, you know, I have felt burnout a few times and I have cut back from practicing clinically. So I originally started at four days a week. I tried to take on five. It was too much. I cut down back to four and now I'm cutting down to three days a week. So that just kind of is goes to show you, you know, that burnout does happen in hygiene and it is hard. And even though the hourly rate is high, like I, I just, my mental and physical health isn't worth like the extra hours that you have to put in to get the money. Like, it's just not worth it. I would rather, you know, be healthier and have, you know, maybe one day less of clinical work. So those are some of the cons that come with being a dental hygienist. I hope that this episode gave you some insight and hopefully if you're in dental hygiene school, I hope your professor shared some of these things uh, with you prior to you listening to this episode. Um, but there are a lot of cons to being a dental hygienist. So definitely pros to being a dental hygienist will be my next episode. So thanks so much for listening. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Brush with Brit podcast. Mm-hmm.